I think Ireland are going to have to carry three tens. Johnny Sexton, of course, you're going to have to carry a third ten. Mm. Crowley and Ross Byrne will go with Johnny. But one injury of those three, and Joey's then travelling. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. It's so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. I had to be there. Jason McIntyre, good morning to you. How are you? You okay? Welcome to the show. Thanks, I know you've been patient in the background there. Thanks a million. Uh, how are you getting on? Yeah, all good. All good. Just been a busy year um, with the World Cup. I'm obviously out in Qatar at the minute. I don't know if you know. I'm out in Qatar, so I've been there. I've been here for a while, to be honest. I just didn't go home. <laughs> um, so we've just been mad busy with everything here, like Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup. Um, Champions League and then we did the Europa League last night in fact we've done the conference league we've done West Ham last night so yeah it's just it's all busy and obviously winding up now to, to the summer then we've got the Women's World Cup then we've got the Premier League starts again then the Asian Cup in January, February so it's just really busy here It's endless yeah it's probably not a bad way to be your list is unbelievable so we've got about 20-25 minutes and I want to get into it it's an incredible list it's possibly as good a list I think as we've as we it is it's the best list we've had let's just call it Um, we're going to kick things off Paul McGrath 1994 Italy World Cup talk to us a little bit about yourself almost maybe if you will just in the lead into it the context of yourself you're still at Bolton at that stage if I'm right yeah that's right um yeah, we, we changed manager at Bolton. Bruce Rioch had come in for Phil Neal, who, who signed me. Um, I'd, I'd been there probably about oh, five months, and then obviously Bruce comes in, and then he, he changes it up. Um, you know, he, he throws a bit of the the youth into the into the team, and um, myself, Alan Stubbs, uh, he brought in Alan Thompson, and we, we we kind of went on a really good few cup runs and stuff. So we kind of made our, a bit of a name for ourselves, but we we quickly. Um, yeah, we quickly started getting some attention. And from for me, it was international attention. So I got asked to play for England, turned them down. And then obviously, you know, Jack then asked me to play for, for Ireland. And the, Ireland had already qualified for the World Cup. Um, so we we had a couple of warm-up games. There was one in Germany, I remember, in Hanover. And I think we won 2-0. Gary Kelly scored. And I think Jack had kind of made his mind up then that he was going to take myself to Bab and Gary Kelly to, to the World Cup uh, mm-hmm. in the June so um so obviously I was I was delighted, but I didn't expect at all, you know, to feature in any of the games. I was still wet behind the ears. I was, I was still, you know, learning my trade really at Bolton. So to be thrust into international football, never mind the World Cup, was one thing. So I, I just took it all in my stride, to be honest. So I ended up on the plane and before I know it, I'm landing in um, I'm landing in New York with the squad. You like even despite all that would have come within a whisker of starting that game, would you? Like, Ray Houghton obviously is back from the dead. You replace him in the game. Things could have been very different. Yeah, I never, you know, I never went there with expectations of playing. It was kind of, I always felt I was going to be back up and, and I just wanted to enjoy the experience. I mean, it was a lot more relaxed back then. You know, we, we weren't getting monitored and we didn't have watches on or the body packs mm-hmm. or that they were today. And, you know, diets were... <laughs> Diet wasn't really a thing. So there was very much a feel-good factor. And the fact that, you know, I think a country when Ireland go, 
the expectations is, is kind of just to get out the group is, is success for us. So, you know, it, it was very much a, a relaxed camp. I, th- I think there was obviously some nailed on starters. You know, you look at Packy nailed on, um, and then Andy, uh, Steve Staunton, Dennis Irwin. Um, there was a, obviously one or two positions that were probably up for grabs because of injuries and stuff, but I never felt that I was always in contention to, to take over from Ray Houghton or I was going to push him for a place. But, you know, one thing I did I did remember is I adapted really well to the heat. I mean, it was so hot out there um, in June in New York and in Florida that I, I kind of, I was really fit. I was a really fit player. There was box-to-box midfield. Jack Seamy, obviously, on the right. I played a few games, the warm-up games on the right. But I was very, very fit and I adapted really well to the weather. So I don't know... I don't know whether Jack's seen something in training um, where he thought I'm going to use him at some point, but obviously that's that's how it happened. Um, come the first game against Italy, I was used for about I don't know about 25, 28 minutes or something. She's getting the chance to play at the Giant Stadium as well, Jason. Such a historic venue as well. It must have been pretty special. Yeah, I mean for me, it's funny really because when 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 you play in a game and you're picked you have a routine and you're in your own world. I mean, I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to play around the world in some of the, the best stadiums in, in all different countries. And to be honest, I couldn't tell you a great deal about the experience. I could tell you something that maybe that happened in the game or maybe there was something stuck in my mind. But when you're playing, you're very much focused on yourself and the moments and the 90 minutes and what you want to do and how you want to do it, your preparation, your eating and stuff. When you're not picked to play and you don't think you're going to play any part, mm. not that you're kind of there on holiday, but you kind of absorb it a lot more. Like, I remember, you know, coming out the hotel, getting on the bus, the music that we used to play, you know, Mick, Mick Byrne, you know, big sing-song on the bus. Um, and then it went quite quiet as we went into the stadium. I remember the dressing room being massive. Like, the, the thing about America at the time, everything was bigger. And so everything just felt massive to me. So I went, it was my birthday as well. So, you know, I I was enjoying like people saying happy birthday and getting cards and, you know, speaking to people. My family were there. So I was very, very relaxed. Um, And then I remember going out on the pitch and looking up and it just went up and up and up. (laughs) And it was just like filling up with people. And, I, you know, I'd I'd come from Berry away at Bolton. I'm thinking, what is going on here? Same, same. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's mental. It's mental. And then, you know, the, you, you do the team talk. Jack, you know, done his team talk. The players were, were ready and prepared. It was so hot. And then we go out and play. And then I'm on the bench. And then I remember, I remember Jack, I was, for enough, I was telling Richard Keys yesterday, because um, the weather is, is so hot. I remember him, Jack, saying to me, go and warm up. And I remember thinking... <laughs> It's 120 degrees in the stadium. I, I couldn't get any hotter. It's like, I'm like, Jack, throw me on, I'm ready. And what? then um, it was that moment, it kind of dawns on you. Um, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going on here. I'm, I'm going on. And it's like Maldini, Baresi. I'm watching these fellas on Gazetta Football on Channel 4. Like, you know, six weeks earlier, I'm watching Channel 4 on a Saturday morning with James Richardson. And these are all becoming my heroes, really. I mean, Maldini, Baresi, Baggio, Signori, Donadoni, Costa Curta. I mean, the names just roll off your tongue. Really? Really. It's like, they're there. Yeah. They're there. I, remember, I remember being in the tunnel with them, thinking, 
oh my god, these are like film stars. These fellas, look at them. They're like they were all tanned, like they were a bit of because it was hot. They were like a, a, they had a glow because they were sweating. Maldini had his long hair, Donadoni. It was like Brazy looked like a Roman gladiator, all the scars on his face, and he's like hard looking. Baggio was like poster boy. And, and like we we were basically like the dog and duck to be honest it was like compared to the Italians it, you know there was no comparison but for, so, all, but for all that Jason it was uh, the man in the Irish number five shirt that stole the show yeah yeah um, I, you know I remember obviously I watched you know a good hour of the game and the thing that stood out is is, is after the game and, and maybe a couple of years later you don't appreciate probably the performance at the time but you do but you don't put it into great context. It's when you know Paul's background. You know, I knew it, and I knew there was problems, and I knew, you know, he had his struggles. But being young and being in my own world, you don't take on board the enormity of, of the struggles for someone as an individual. Mm. And it's only when you, you, you go later on in your career and you realise, you know, to go through that, but then perform, and then perform at that level. It, it's just, you, you've got to just put it into context. And, you know, some of the things he was doing, and I remember Babsy obviously played alongside him because Kev, Kev had got injured, Kevin Moran got injured. So Babsy had got his, his chance. And I was really worried for Babsy, but it was quite evident that the two of them struck up a really good partnership. And Paul, and Paul looked after Phil as well. So it was not only his performance, it was the fact that, Phil played so well off Paul looking after him and directing him and showing him basically where to be and, and just, you know, directing traffic. And, you know, after the game, um, it was one of them moments which wasn't captured. I mean, the the um, the Pele-Bobby Moore photograph, you know, the famous photograph where they swap mm. shirts. Um, there was a moment Barese and Paul come together and it was that moment and I remember shaking hands with everyone and watching because it was very easy. And he comes up to Paul and they exchange words and they hug each other. And it was that Bobby Moore Pele moment for me. And I've got it in my head. I've always had it in my head, this image. And um, yeah, it was, you know, Berezi approached Paul. It wasn't the other way around. And it was just, I've watched it back a few times and that performance from a centre half under them conditions and the, the stresses he was going through in his own in his own life was just phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. A phenomenal player. And we, we sometimes think, oh, we think about it through green-tinted lenses. You had Gary Lineker on Twitter the other week saying uh, that he was, I can't remember, was it the best centre, one of the best centre. Marshall Halland. Yeah, yeah, Marshall Halland, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Right, we, we're going to move on. We're moving to uh, forward a few years. We're moving to Lansdowne Road. Needless to say, everybody expected this to be on the list. It's Ireland-Holland. It's uh, World Cup 2002 qualifier. Um, Holland are having a few struggles. They needed the win to stay alive. Uh, Ireland hadn't lost under Mick at Lansdowne Road. Uh, you want to talk about Roy Keane here. We might touch on you a little bit as well, but you want to talk about Roy. Yeah, it kind of was, to set it up, it was kind of the perfect storm for us as a qualification. I mean, we... You know, we'd, we'd entered the, the qualifiers with Portugal and Holland in the group and we were never expected to get out, to be honest. Um, you know, two powerhouses. Um, but Mick had, obviously, it evolved, the squad had evolved and there was obviously the younger players had come in, but they were well settled when we started the campaign in 2000. You know, a lot of them had had the debuts, a lot of them were used to Mick. Um, things had changed from, from the Jack era. You know, myself, Roy, Phil, um, although Phil was in and out under Mick, Gary, 
you know, we were becoming more and more the, the senior pros and taking over from the likes of Ray and Ronnie and um, Andy Townsend and stuff. Um, yeah, so, you know, the campaign started well, although we... See, this is where the seeds are set, you see. This is where it leads up to why he, you know, through that campaign was immense. But why that game, kind of, why I picked Roy, was obviously we went to Holland in the first game. Everyone, again, not expecting us to get anything. But then we... We go 2-0 up um, and then we end up 2-2 being pegged back and we're all congratulating each other and, and basically celebrating in the dressing room afterwards. And it, in, in its own right, it's a fantastic achievement. You know, I don't want to take anything away from that night because it was. But one person who didn't celebrate and was quick to tell us to stop was was Roy. And, you know, where, he, where we felt, you know, we've achieved something great, to him, it was two points dropped. It wasn't the fact it was Holland and it wasn't the fact that we went away and we got a draw. We, we dropped two points for being 2-0 up and everyone kind of took a step back and it, it took the edge off the celebration, but it also planted the seed that we shouldn't fear anyone in this group. You know, we're, we're here on merit. You know, we're a very, very good team. We've got a chance and our captain is telling us that. So, you know, we went through the campaign, a couple of draws against Portugal, I think, and, you know, we, we then, we win the easier games which then sets up the game in, in Lansdowne Road. You know, Mick being very old school in his in his management in the sense of they use everything that they need to motivate you, which obviously was Van Gaal's interviews and the, and the Dutch's arrogance was mentioned. You know, it was a matter of how many goals the Dutch were going to score that day. And, I mean, you look down the team sheet <laughs> and it was one to like kind of, well, you know, are we going to get anything out of this today? It was full of like stars. So, you know, the, the game, we prepped we prepped most of the week um, and then we kick off. England played as well that day. So there was a lot of football. Everyone with the eye, the world was watching. It's kind of a, a day out for everyone in the pubs wanting to go and watch like a double header, mm. uh, England, Ireland and, you know, see Ireland get beat basically. And the day started, the game started. Um, and then again, the tone was set. You know, Roy smashes over Mars. Do you and, talk and about everyone. that in advance, Jason? Like that was, you know, it was like the ball was there to be won, and he and he, it's maybe the most famous tackle in Irish sport of all time. But he he leaves something on him, obviously, and it kicks off a little bit afterwards, which I'd totally forgotten about. There's a little bit of a melee afterwards. To Ian Hart tries to catch Zendon, maybe a little bit. Clivert levels Kilban, who comes off uh, laughing away. I texted him about him last night. He said, uh, "I said, what were you saying to him that you were that you walked away laughing?" And it was an F word and uh, something else or whatever. Like was so there was an edge there. That was all within the first sort of couple of minutes. Was that something he spoke about beforehand, or did the tackle kind of go, "Oh, we're here"? Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of the tackle. I remember it vividly. I don't remember much of the other stuff you just mentioned there, but the tackle vividly because. You start the game, there's a lot of nerves. And listen, we're at home, you know, mm. so the crowd, I mean, it was one of my favourite places to play Lansdowne because just the the emotion, the crowd, the noise, that, you know, what the Irish fans bring. You know, they love sport, don't they? But the, the Irish fans, they, they come and they watch and they, but they all, always give us a chance. It was no matter who we played, the crowd always felt we had a chance. So, you know, you go out there with, with now a bit of expectation. It's like in the dressing room, it's like, right, Let's see what we've got and let's see if we if we could get something where you go out and the crowd's basically expecting you to get something. It's not if, it's, you know, you've got to get something. So 
you know, you're a bit nervous. The, the national anthems play. It was, it was a, you know, it hadn't gone dark. It was bright, and we we kind of, you know, we were we were just not not maybe overawed with the situation, but it was for some of us. It was the biggest game that we've ever played. You know, in the sense of where it was going to take us. I mean, I never played in the qualifiers, so I never had that sense of achievement with the lads in '94. I can tell you when, you know, with with Iran, the sense of achievement is is phenomenal. It's something I'll never, ever forget that feeling in Iran. But that game was obviously going to take us on to that. So, you know, the tackle, the tackle was the, was the, was the moment. The tackle was the moment where you brush everything off. You, you forget about the emotion of the game. You, you're in it now. It, it's like the first punch has landed. And it's, it's like, it, as much as it knocked over Mars back, I think it, I think it's felt out to us. Right, let's roll our sleeves up now. And you know they did battle us for twenty minutes. And, and in all honesty, on another day it could have been two or three. Could have been down. We could have been two or three down. Yeah. But um, but the tackle, you know, was was like we're in it. And then it was game on. And then I remember putting a cross in towards the end of the first half. I think Quinny chested down, and Robbie had the kick. And for me, you remember the Ivan Drago moment where Rocky punches him and he cuts him, and then it's that belief that you can actually hurt them. It was like, it was kind of like that moment yeah. then. And it's like, oh, right, we can actually like, <laughs> we cannot make make chances for ourselves. And with Robbie and Quinny, you know, anything can happen. So the, the game, you know, obviously goes on. Gary Kelly then smashes over Mars, gets booked. And then we're in a half time, you know, nil-nil. So it's game on. It's the equivalent, I think, of uh, of Neil Armstrong for the rest of his life being asked what it was like to walk on the moon. Do you ever get sick of being asked about the the goal against the Dutch? Is it the question you're most asked of, Jason? Uh, that and the white suits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, you know. I think whenever I go in the world, you know, you meet anyone from Ireland, and they they were at the game. We there must have been three million at that game. That day, <laughs> because I, I've met every one of them, um, and everyone wants to talk about it because it's it's their memory as well. It's not. You know, when, when we do something like these moments now, I love reminiscing because because it's yours, isn't it? It's it, it's your memory of it. it it's my memory is going to be different than yours. I know I played, but you know my memory is different than Kevin Kilban's because we share different emotions and different. We've got different attachments to the situation. So, you know, I love talking about things like that, and I love hearing other people's stories. I mean, this this story obviously evolves into the the Bono and the U two and the Slain, and you know, it's just. You know, that is one of my biggest regrets, you know, not going up to Slane that night because I thought it was a wind-up, but it was actually a true, it was actually true. I wasn't supposed to go on stage, but, you know, never mind. But that, that's another story. But, you know, as far as this day goes, you know, it was my moment in my career. You know, I had a fantastic career and I loved every minute of it. But I always think, you know, when you, when you put the hard yards in, like, like a lot of elite sportsmen do, there is that nice thing to have a moment just a moment and and this is mine this is my moment um i've just out of the corner of my eye in the studio <laughs> spotted uh merlin's ireland 2002 book with uh wow. the man himself here in the front cover um he wanted to talk about roy his his he talks about himself as not been uh, wasn't a great player wasn't technically very good he makes an absolute mug out of van bommel in the lead into your goal yeah well, the the goal comes from a corner, um, which I had to run the I had to run from the right, right over to the left, um, for an in swinger. So I, it was a pretty good corner, to be honest, if I say so myself. <laughs> and the keeper comes and punches, and we obviously pick the ball up, and 
the best thing about the goal is the advantage, you know, because Duffer, Duffer gets absolutely mullered <laughs> in a tackle. Yeah. And the referee waves play on. Now, you know, that, that was a big advantage to take that free kick. It was a goal scoring opportunity. It was just outside the box. But the, the ball obviously ends up over a fin. And it was a great advantage by the referee. But from me personally, I really, because, because the ball had gone so far back to the halfway line from the clearance, really, I should have been on the right-hand side helping Finn out. I, it should have been me putting the cross in, in all honesty. And I, I, kind of, I kind of ambled back on side. And I got caught up in watching, to be honest. I got ball watching. You know, you get told off for that. But I got, I got caught up ball watching. I think because it was on the left as well, on the halfway line, it might give me the opportunity to track back if, if we'd have lost it. But, you know, Roy does brilliant. Duffer does brilliant. And then Finn, you know, turns back on himself onto his weaker foot, which I never understand. And he, he puts this ball in, which, you know, ends up being an in-swinger instead of an out-swinger because he's gone onto his left foot. And then Kev tries to, tries to head it on. Duffer tries to head it on, I think. And n- no one gets a touch. And there's me, backstick unmarked, you know, with a bouncing ball, probably getting asked to do one of the hardest techniques, which is a half volley with a bit of topspin. So, um, yeah, I can't say I've ever done it previously and I don't think I've ever done it since. So, it, yeah, it was it was very much set up to be my moment and, and it drops and Van der Sar, you know, he comes out, makes himself big, but not big enough and it goes in the top corner and you know, the, the rush of adrenaline and achievement goes through you and it's like, like you know, it, it's, yeah, I think I jumped about 25 foot in the celebration. Yeah. And then all the lads come over and then Roy ends up at my doorstep and he just like gives me a, a bit of a like, well done, we've still got 20 minutes to go kind of look. Yeah, get on with like, it. Stop <laughs> celebrating, let's get on with it. And uh, I end up going back into position and then we, we hold, we hold out. But, You've asked me to pick, you know, you've asked me to pick a, a star from the day and I've gone with Roy because, you know, he he was immense through that qualifying campaign and it, it still upsets me today that he missed the World Cup in the circumstances that he did because he was arguably the best midfielder in the world at the time. And you've mentioned some names there and that's just Holland. You, you know, you go to the Italians, the English that, you know, there was some top, top Germans, there was some top, top midfielders in the world. But he was in, he was definitely in the top three. And, you know, what he, what he brought to, to the campaign, but what he brought to that day, the tackle, the leadership, you know, what he said at half time, you know, going back out for the second half. And then we were down to 10 men, you know, and it, it was get over yourself after the goal. We've still got 20 minutes to, to see this game out. And we did. I think I went off with cramp, I think, with about five minutes to go. And then obviously we, we, we won the game. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was some performance by him. But I think everyone was man of the match on that day. Everyone. Your, uh, your stickers are, uh, you can't see it uh, where you're looking at us, but you're, uh, you got shinies in the book. We'll send you on a picture of it. You're, um, which okay. You were, uh, yeah. you were particularly mean? rated. You weren't just a plain old... Uh, Glass, uh, matte sticker. <laughs> you were, you were a shiny. Shiny. I mean, kids you will be made up. You were a shiny. Yeah. I'll send you on a picture of it. It's actually it's a beautiful um, little thing. All these years on. Whistle stop tour. Of the last three, right? So uh, Tiger Woods, the Open, Royal Liverpool, two thousand and six. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm from the Wirral. I, um, you know, I was born there, uh, and I was never, 
never really a, a golf nut. Um, but the, the the Open hadn't been at Royal for 39 years, and um, you know, obviously Tiger was in his pop, was in his pomp. I think his dad had just died as well, so there was a lot of right. like there was a lot of emphasis on Tiger and you know, obviously his relationship with his dad. And I, and I was a Tiger fan. I mean, I think everybody was, wasn't he? I mean, what he'd done for sports, um, you know, for black athletes as well. You know, the game, you know, he was opening up so much to the world, wasn't he? And, and offering so much, but he was unbelievable. I mean, the stuff, you know, you go through the, you know, you go through his, his CV up to then, it was, it was fantastic. So, you know, going, the open being at Royal was literally... 15 minutes from my house so you know I'd, I'd managed to get some tickets I was friends with a couple of people from TaylorMade um, so they, I got invited so I went I went with with a friend and we went down there and I got a I got a text just before I went in into the in, onto the course saying come to the truck and the TaylorMade truck it's it's down the side of the um it's down the side of the practice area. Mm. So I was like, okay. So me and my friend, we, we walk through the crowds, we get in, and then we make our way to the practice area. And as I'm, as I'm going in, it was like a small gap, but it, it was like, there was like a small fence. There was lots of people on the, the outside of the fence. And then there was obviously all the, the coaches and, and kind of friends and fam, maybe some family on the inside of the ropes. But there was a small gap to go through to get onto the inside of the ropes. So I was walking through and I was, you know, I was getting asked to do some some autographs and some photographs and stuff and, and whatever. So I was kind of in this gap where the players come in and, and start to go to start to practice. So I'm there and I'm signing some autographs with people having a bit of a laugh and stuff, and I'm talking. The next thing I, I just get a, a excuse me like that. So I, I kind of turn around and um Steve's there, his caddy. And Tiger's standing behind him. <laughs> and it's it's the Sunday, it's the final day. So he's obviously come to the practice to warm up. So now I'm standing there blocking Tiger Woods going into <laughs> the practice area. So I'm like, I just give him a sorry, mate. And um and then walked in and kind of said to him, Thanks very much, and walked in. And then just, you know, but what I what I felt was, you know, when someone's got a presence about them, I mean he's tall and he's like you know, he's, he's athletic and he's like, he looks the part in his red top. Mm. And um, he just had this, he just oozed this aura and this personality and charisma. And he walked in like he owned the place. It was like, he just stood out. And um, I went and watched him hit a few balls. And then I went into the truck, I went to the truck. And, um, and then, I watched from the truck, which was down the side of the practice area where they were hitting balls. So he then disperses and he goes, obviously, onto the putting green. And I walk back across, but I walk across the the, the, the drive, the, the practice area, because no one, no one else is there, because he's obviously in the last group. So we, I walk across, and the police had come onto the practice ground to stop people going on there. And there's ball spotters who go and pick up all the balls, so Tiger hit his own balls. They were night balls at the time. And he, hit, he had his own balls. So people were trying to pick his balls up and identify them. So I picked I picked a couple of balls up. And one of them was Tiger's. And there was a policeman there. And I looked at it. And I looked at this policeman. <laughs> and he went, go on. And I just put it in my pocket. <laughs> and, and I you still have it. 
Yeah, so I, I got I got one of Tiger Woods' golf balls. That's that class. So I've still got it. I've got a box at home with all stuff in it. It's in there. That's a and, great um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I went out and then, I mean, I don't know if you lads have been to golf. It's quite a hard watch to golf. Mm. It's, you know, it, it's a lot of walking around. You, 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 you've you got to be placed and, and watch them come through with the golf. You can't, it's difficult to walk around following someone because the crowd following Tiger was just immense. But I was with someone who was, um, she was quite famous herself and she was off the telly and we got dogs abused, to be honest. The, the amount of stuff that people were shouting, we, we, we ended up leaving. Um, and I went home and watched it on the telly. I watched the rest of it on the telly. But just to see him in the flesh, to watch him hit golf balls, I mean, it, it makes a different noise. I mean, I play golf now. You know, I play golf all the time. He, he's a different animal. He, yeah. it, the noise off a golf ball when he hits it is, is it's different. It's just different. Yeah, um, and, um, incredible thing to be yeah, at, incre- it, to, to witness him and his pomp. Just a um, yeah. seriously. So the last two, right? Uh, Gino Wijnaldum against Barcelona, twenty sixteen. They blitzed him. He's uh, just in the team. Form a brilliant performance. And Floyd Mayweather against Ricky Hatton. You were in Vegas, were you? Two thousand and seven. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, the fight was built up. You know, Ricky was doing really, really well. Um, again, another bit of a funny story. He was doing really, really well. And he's obviously now earned the right to fight Mayweather. And it was obviously Vegas. Um, but the dates fell where my agent rang me and just said, listen, you're off. Do you want to, should we go to Vegas? So I and watched the fight. So I was like, yeah, fancy it, yeah. So he said, I was friends with Paddy McGuinness at the time. So he, he, he said, should we ask Paddy? So I said, yeah. So he... It rang Paddy and I said, listen, do you fancy Vegas? Ricky out the fight. We can get tickets. So he goes, I'm in. So we book the flights. We fly to Vegas. Um, we go over. We get the tickets. <clears throat> um, we go to the fight. Now, the, the thing that, that struck me was I get, I get, we get in the, the arena <clears throat> and in the hotel. We, get, we, we watch the fight. Great seats. Great, great tickets. Um, Mayweather, he basically toyed with Ricky. And you talk about Tiger in his pomp. This was Mayweather now in his pomp. Mm. And, you know, I, I've never seen... Ricky Atten didn't put a punch on him. He didn't lay a finger on him. And it was it was crazy. He toyed with him for, for round after round after round. And then he obviously wins the fight. And then everyone kind of disperses. And we're, we're kind of hanging around, lingering around, letting the crowd go. And Mayweather comes back out. And he, he kind of gets on the mic and he introduces himself. He goes, I'm Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Because I don't think anyone expected him to come back out. He comes back out, he goes, I'm Floyd Mayweather. He went, listen, I just want to thank everyone for coming. You know, really appreciate your support. All the English fans who have come over, all the fans, all the international fans, you know, you've all come to watch. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I thought that was a really nice touch. So we were invited to the, the party after the fight. So we go and... Ricky, because he, he got knocked out, he had to go to hospital. So he turns up late. He's obviously a bit bruised and battered. So he stays about five or ten minutes. We say hello to him. Um, he then goes. But he says to us, come and, come and see me tomorrow in the hotel. So we go, okay. So we go to his hotel the next day. And I remember knocking on his door. And he opened his door. And do you know what struck me? You could have drawn a line down the middle of his face. And this side of his face was basically out here. Mm. And this side, was there was not a mark on it. It was, it was just remarkable. 
It was either this side was Arian or this side was Arian, whatever it was. Mm. But it was his leading side. So, obviously, you leave with one side. And Mayweather just jabbed this side of his face to a pulp, basically. And then, obviously, knocked him out. And he's obviously taken the thing. So, we get in his room and he says to me, um, and Joe's in there, Joe Calzaghi. So, he goes, um, listen, um, we've got to do Sports Personality of the Year. And we're going to do it ringside. We've got about, like, 20 seats set up like a bit of an audience and they're going to come live to Vegas. Do you want to, do you want to come and sit with us? So, so I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. So we go down and we're sitting in these seats. And next thing it's like, we're live in Las Vegas. It's fourth personality of the year. Ricky, obviously it didn't go your way last night. And then it's like, yeah. And then Joe goes on and speaks. And then, um, and then afterwards we just go for a few pints and we're all talking away. And then, um, I get a text off, um, off a woman who looks after the Spice Girls, saying, um, Spice Girls are in Mandolin Bay tonight. Um, you know, they've heard you in town. Do you want to come and watch? So I, I was like to the lads, do you want to go and watch the Spice Girls tonight? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, let's go to Spice Girls. So we end up watching the Spice Girls. Melanie got us a couple of tickets and we end up, um, we end up about the third row back waving to the Spice Girls in Mandalay Bay. So it was a pretty eventful trip, to be honest. <laughs> That's amazing. Sometimes we joke about these things as being like a Forrest Gump list, but uh, yours definitely yeah. is that, and even more so having heard that last story. I missaid uh, when Alden was 16, 19, of course, uh, was that one. But look, we're out of time. It's an incredible list. Oh. You've delivered it brilliantly. Okay. We really enjoyed your company over the last uh, half hour. Look after yourself. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed it, reminiscent. Brilliant, thanks. Love that. We'll send you on a picture of that shiny as well. It's there's a nice little description of you in there as well. That um, yeah, I'll go even higher with the boys at home. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Come on, take it easy. Well done. That's you had to be there. Just so unexpected. It's one of those you had to be there moments. You had to be there. It subsequently genuinely did change everything about my life. I had to be there. 